1: Reporting is Eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company, a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin. They provide coffee around the world. The Packerland Breakfast Blend will be going on sale to be $12 a bag. While you're there, how about you pick up a Reporting is Eligible t-shirt or sweatshirt? And make sure you use RAE at checkout to save yourself some money. Again, that's RAE at checkout. Good practice, team. Okay, it's time for the easiest part of any
2: coach's job, the cuts. Now, while I wasn't able to cut everyone I wanted to, i have cut a lot of you wendell is cut rudy is cut Janie, you're gone steven i like your hustle that's why it was so hard to cut you congratulations the rest of you made the team except you you and you hey everybody welcome to season three episode four of reporting is eligible i'm paul noonan right for the shepherd express during football season and acme packing company and um. This is this is a big one for us because if you listen last week, you you know that we're all just tickled pink because the Packers. You know, it, we make lots of predictions. We make we make lots of observations, but last week we had a big moment. Um, a friend of the podcast, Archon Fourteen, asked us who they should get if they replaced J.K. Scott, and uh, we did. J.R. and I independently did a whole bunch of research and uh, landed on the same name, Corey, Bajor- Corey Bohorquez, and. Uh, the, the Rams punter who is in camp replacing Johnny Hacker who had COVID. We said as soon as he's available, when Hacker's back, they should get him. And lo and behold, today on cut down day, uh, the Packers send a sixth round pick over to the Rams and get back, get back Corey and a seventh rounder and J.K. Scott is cut. So um, Packers, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Um, wh- whoever, whoever in the office is, is uh, paying attention. We're, we're glad we could be helpful and uh, glad to have Corey around. So, yeah. Um, yeah you know, Jr went first, so he should get most of the credit because he actually he was he, he was the first one to to throw out punter names. So in, in Urban Wauwatosa, as per usual, we have yes,
0: it's JR Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. There is a little bit of a mitigating circumstance with the because the we were not the only ones, as it turns out, or at least as I as I read Twitter after this trade was announced that J.K. Scott was out and that uh, the 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 Packers had brought them in. Other people had sort of sniffed this out, not sniffed it out, but like suggested that maybe so, he was a guy that they could go after.
2: That is true. Are you talking about Andy Herman by any chance? Yes, but I, so,
0: yes, Andy Herman, but also somebody else. Okay. Um, and now I'm drawing a blank. It's not Peter Bukowski, but someone, or it might have been Peter Bukowski. I don't know. Someone else. If Peter
2: did it, it may have been from reading us in Acme Packing Company Slack. But uh, <laughs> I, I, so Andy Herman did also tweet out um, when uh something some news came out about him, and he he tweeted out. I, I actually DM'd Andy because I was like, we were just talking about this, and how did you think of it? And he's like, oh, I was essentially just joking because you know the Packers need a punter, and he's likely to be available. Yeah. So you know, it was not the most, it was not the least obvious thing in the world. I mean, it's it's fine. quite honestly, the and, move and makes good on so Andy, much... yeah, good on Andy for doing that too. But he we had a good chuckle about it in our DMs. So
0: the the move makes so much sense that that's why it's so stunning. Like they needed a punter. The the Rams certainly were going to have one available. This is a guy who led the league in in net, not net, but in gross punting in 2020. Granted, he did not come close to leading the league in 2019. In fact, J.K. Scott was better in that category in 2019. So like, but he's 24 years old. Uh, he's a guy with a big leg. Like it honestly it, it was too perfect. And it never works that way because on Cut Down yeah. Day they're monitoring twenty nine other teams. There's so many moving parts of the roster. It just never goes down like you think it you can never imagine how it's gonna go down. And yeah. then it went down.
2: And how often you imagine how often do we have like, oh, they should go and get this guy? It never actually happens. Never and then, works. And then finally we get we got one. We nailed one. Like it's so it's such a good thing. It, it's such a good feeling. It's so funny too to have people like congratulating us on Twitter for like well, yes, we we threw out some crap that stuck, but it's nice. I'm I'm happy to have that. Um, and and if- I'm Matt, but you can call me <laughs> <with some. laughs> Nice work. We're back, guys. We we, pre, pre, we, we gave you two earlier, but yep, it ah, feels
1: good. Yeah. Um, there was talk of J.K. Scott's punting. Um, Zach Cruz of the Packers, where I referred to him as an above-average punter, and I said Zach, no. I said, Zach, he was third from last in net punting. And they said, yes, but that's bad special teams. He was so good in, in hang time. And I said, okay, well, he was below average in in yards per punt. And so if he was average in yards per punt and led the league in hang time, wouldn't his net punting be better even with bad coverage?
2: I mean, um, sure. Uh, my thing with punters is I, I just want power. Just give me power because if you're, if you're doing – um, like finesse punting you should be going for it that's that's my my thing here is you want your punter to be able to flip fields that's fundamentally what they're for if your punter plunks one into the end zone from the 40 that's on you for being an idiot for punting from the 40 so um, um and among like
1: actual punters like people who who punted more than a few times uh jk scott was uh third from last in punts inside the 20
2: yep and well, it was pretty of, good last year, by the way, at 18 inside the 20, which is a, a good, solid number.
1: I'm a big fan of uh, J.K. Scott was fifth in punts out of bounds. Um, he uh, uh, third, fourth and fifth are all tied with nine punts out of bounds. And I'm pretty sure all of his punts out of bounds were just shanks.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a reminder, too, that the Horkes was released by the bills because they just didn't want to pony up for him. He was entering, restrict you know, he could have been a restricted free agent. And they just didn't want to waste those resources on a punter. So like, it's, it's, it's about financials and smart, of course. Like if you're smart, you're not spending, even though Ron Wolf will tell you he'll ruse the day that they didn't bring back Craig Hendrick. But like, if you're smart, you're not using those dollar resources on a punter, right? They're kind of a dime a dozen. So it's not as if they found someone markedly better and we're like, this guy actually sucks. Like he doesn't actually suck. He's actually good. He's going to be good.
1: So also, to back up a little bit while i was still doing my i'm not here bit our connection to the packers front office is jack prominsky
2: <laughs> yes we have that that's remember
1: okay. jack prominsky friend of show friend of show who we we're maybe. pretty sure listens
2: <laughs> we, we imagine our imaginary is Packer the friend.
1: manager of football analytics for the Green Bay packers and he follows me
2: on it twitter does follow matt on twitter that's undeniable. <laughs> end it's, of show. We're imagining this incredible. It's possible. It's possible.
0: <laughs> anyway, all of this underscores that on cutdown day, which is usually one of the more and you know interesting days. There's always moves that throw you off. The punter is legitimately the biggest surprise, or at least one of the like two yep. or three biggest surprises of the day. It just kind of underscores what the Packers were sort of facing here. There are obviously, we'll talk about all the different yeah. moves at the end of the roster here, but like. There were not a lot of crazy moves to be had here, and they certainly didn't. You know, they they didn't shock us. There was no Josh Sitton. Nope. there was no. You oh,
1: know. I, I was I was almost sitting
2: shocked by Ben Breen. That was yeah. Actually okay, pretty so like shocking. that's the closest R- thing. Real that's quick, before we thing. before we move on from from Corey Bohorquez, um, if you like your advanced stats, he was uh, fifth in total points for punters by SIS's database last year, where they try and give credit on a per play basis for all the little things you do, and uh, that's really good. He was actually better than Johnny Hecker last year. Um, just just behind a couple guys who had really really good seasons technical punting. So. Well I know.
1: Okay, so like in the, in the NEA uh math, an interception is negative 45 yards, I think. Yeah, that's right. You ever take. And so I guess if your net punting is above 45 yards, it's the opposite of an interception kind of.
2: It's it, So you
1: so you could EPA off of that, I'm assuming?
2: Um I, I don't know. I think it's a little more it's all field position. I mean, EPA is calculatable by field position. So that's not entirely unwarranted yeah um and uh yeah i mean you lose lots of points for touchbacks it's it, all that checks out that's all true cool anyway <laughs> he's good he'll be good i'm glad we have him all right on, yeah, on to other other things Benary that surprised predicted. us yes jerry judy <laughs> jerry judy <laughs> I just, still, still a Bronco. We, have, we,
1: have, <laughs> we haven't said jerry judy
2: yeah he, he still he wasn't
0: cut he was no surprise cut the biggest surprise cut, though, Paul pointed out, Dez
2: Fitzpatrick, that, right? Yeah, the
0: yeah. guy that Tennessee traded up for into the fourth round to get this year—they <laughs> have to cut him. They, ooh, that's a that's a tough look for that guy. Yeah, that's and a, a weird
2: cut. Um, a really good RAS guy and a really productive college player. Uh, he ranked pretty well in Kebops and lots of other advanced college metrics. Uh, had a good college career. And usually, guys who you trade up for, who are productive and good athletes, don't get cut. So a weird, yeah. a weird, weird move by t- uh, the Titans. I went back and did kind of track their uh, their camp tweet, uh, beat people on Twitter. And it sounds like he had a bad case of the dropsies. Um I, I, I mean, it's not the end of the world usually. Um, and it's not like they're super deep. They don't have a lot of guys behind their top three. So uh, even stranger for that, I'm guessing there's some off-field stuff with him that we don't know that we're not privy to, some clubhouse stuff. Um, but uh, anyway, a guy that somebody's going to take a shot on because um, one of the better prospects last year for wide receivers.
0: Man, how do you even have off the field stuff when you're a brand? Like you just haven't had enough time to piss people off yet, have you?
2: <laughs> I don't know, you've man. Had like, like a month, maybe.
1: Like when you make it into Nashville and and you've and you got the white claws in you,
2: and even, you run into a bachelorette party. Even fifth string Wisconsin running backs are having off the field problems, Jr. It can happen to anybody. Oh God,
1: I, I'm I'm slightly privy to that that uh, drama.
0: <laughs> is that example specifically pulled from that year? not long ago when the NFL draft was in Nashville and there was a story about a bachelorette party that was all upset because they did not realize the NFL draft was going to be in oh, Nashville it was basically all,
1: all bachelorette parties that weekend yes. like yeah. it was like it was real news it was a thing um, actually <laughs> I was really more referencing a pseudo urban legend at this point about Derrick Henry
2: oh goodness uh, am I you, gonna have to edit this guys, out
0: no
1: okay. do you guys know what a pet, do you, what a pedal pub is yes yeah, of course we have a them pet, all
0: over Milwaukee
1: yeah I've done okay, so, one before there is a there is an urban legend that Derrick Henry joined a bachelorette party pedal pub, turned off the electric
2: assistance and pedaled himself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that is a great urban legend. Um, and AJ, I believe it. I believe Out of it. I believe it. I believe it. I want to believe there should be an X-Files that just researches crap like that.
1: Well, because like like Bo Jackson has a million like like fairy tales about his strength and yeah. speed. And uh, this this is believable. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah, the Packers need to auction off a pedal pub driven by AJ Dillon. Like that should be a charity thing they do in the off season. Like Jack, that. if you're listening.
0: <laughs> Jack Heflin. Green Bay Packer, Jeff he- We're Jack We're running Heflin. the team now, so. <laughs> Is he the only undrafted rookie to make the cut? He might uh, be.
1: Heflin? Uh no, I think there was other undrafted rookies technically. Hang on. Uh, ben Fennel was talking about all the undrafted rookies that made the
2: 53. He talked about but, the UDFAs that made the top 53, not just rookies. That was the problem. Like yeah. He had, yeah, and that's, he had Ellen Lazard in there and, like, okay. It was a little
1: disingenuous. Yeah. Um, and because the way he phrased it, a bunch of not Packer fans ran his mentions like, oh, they must be in cap hell. And it's like, uh, no, they, some of those guys are going to get paid.
2: Yeah. They are in cap hell, but that's not how you can tell. <laughs> that's not the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, let's see here.
1: Scrolling through. Okay. We got uh, uh, among the, the undrafted free agents on their roster, you've got Black, Barnes, Heflin, Lancaster, Lazard, Patrick, Nyman, Sullivan, Taylor, Tunyon, and Daphne. So, yeah, it looks like yeah. the only rookie that, would be. That's it. Just yeah. a one. Just Heflin. So, yeah, just a, just a good old trash can full of dirt.
0: Uh, love seeing his tweet where he's, uh shows Oscar the Grouch looking around at, right around the <laughs> that time. That great. So, sort of revealing, yeah, I made the team. Uh, love love the embrace of the random quote that's going to stick with him now for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I had a banger of a tweet related to that today, and it happened at the same time as the punter do, so no one cared. <laughs> I, I, My I, favorite
0: I, segment of this show is when you lament the tweets that went wrong, but go on. Me too. I
1: posted a picture of a literal trash can full of dirt. And I said, "Look at J-
0: look at Jack's reaction. He is speechless." <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: All right, let's uh, let's go through this. What we uh, you mentioned Ben Braden? We should just go there because that is, I think, the only uh, Ben Braden being cut. Jake Hansen not being cut. I think is probably. I think they're probably the, connected.
2: Uh, yeah, and two of the biggest ones. And Ben Braden, like he wasn't super great, but he's the most versatile guy on the line that got cut, and he can play. A lot of different positions and played well, so it was surprising. The big thing with Jake Hansen, who I think is the most surprising thing that happened, is he's bad. Um, he graded out well by PFF, he's, but he's tripping quarterbacks. But he, he, yeah, um, I don't know what PFF is doing. I guess they're just maybe you just don't grade when you get when you don't hike it properly and get stepped on and all that stuff. And he blocked fine after that, but who cares? It doesn't matter. He like screwed up a whole bunch of plays. <laughs> Jake Hansen was bad and. Um, like you don't need a backup center. You have other guys who can play center. Like if, if worst comes to worst, Elton Jenkins can step over and play center for a couple plays while they find a new one if, if Myers gets hurt. Like it it, it uh keeping Jake Hansen on was was bizarre. He did not play himself into a role and I I think everybody would rather have Ben Braden um on the outside looking in. So I know I would.
1: My my joke was that it was uh draft position. Patrick can privilege. play center too,
2: can't he? I floated was, him. I floated him getting cut, and I got yelled down because, oh, he can play center. Like you, you do not need Jake Hansen on the team. <laughs>
1: but my, my joke about Jake Hansen was his draft position uh, privilege because he was drafted eight picks before Cole Van Landon. So obviously, that's oh yeah, what that's what kept him difference. on the team. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I don't know about Ben Braden at center. I don't know if, uh, I mean, he was definitely working early, early on. He was working on tackle like in, in mini Well He can play tackle. Like
2: they have enough yeah. centers without, without Jake Hansen around. That's, that's right. I agree thing. with
0: you. The, but that's the only thing I could think of is that they felt more comfortable with Jake Hansen, despite the fact that he was tripping quarterbacks <laughs> as a center <laughs> than, than Ben Braden. And, and you know, like you're relying on a rookie at that position you don't have Elton Jenkins available for you at least for now for six games. So like I, I could see why that might be part of the calculus, but you still have to say that their evaluation was Jake Hansen is just a better offensive lineman than Ben Braden, yeah. which I, I mean, that might be the case. That might be fine. But like, that's not how they treated those guys throughout camp. You know, Ben Braden was constantly being put in in greater positions of leverage than Jake Hansen was. Yes. So that, that's why that's such a surprise.
2: Weird thing. Not a fan. Also Rowdy Thales just hit a triple. So i I know i have to mention it because it's (laughs) not it's not gonna happen again so (laughs) i saw you both looking off camera so i was like oh there
1: must be a baseball
0: yeah while we're talking about big guys rowdy Telez just hit a triple and quite honestly like i think for anybody else that's an
2: inside the park park homer for anybody (laughs) else on the team
0: but it doesn't matter rowdy Telez on third base with a triple uh that is that is my moment of zen yeah i what a wonderful fantastic
2: yeah nothing else was too extreme in terms of surprises. I did think Onento would make it because he is good in coverage and they don't have they, they kind of lack that. <laughs> um, yeah. especially depth wise. He's not good in run defense and I think that ultimately cost him. They definitely leaned on guys that can hit a little bit yeah. in terms of who they kept and uh, the, you know he's not a good special teamer. So that that's what did him in ultimately, I think. But yeah,
0: it's too bad. Hundred percent. That's Isaac Yadam getting the spot over him because yep. Isaac Adam can tackle on special teams. That's totally what's happening. It is.
2: Um. So n- not great there. Uh. We in Acme Packing Company Slack, were rooting for for Tippa tipa Galay. I I don't know how to again. I don't know how to pronounce anybody's names. So apologies. Um. But not a big.
1: I heard that Tippa could long snap.
2: That's good. That was so. That was word. Word in the Slack chat. So, so now nobody on the team can long slap, which is something that'll be <laughs> fixed tomorrow, I think. But uh, for now,
1: hey, on, on the subject of special teams, did you guys see what Houston was doing in their last preseason game? No, they had a safety as their kickoff specialist.
2: Um, okay.
1: okay. Imagine your kickoff specialist is someone who knows how to tackle.
2: Okay, it's a it's a nice. Then advantage. you now
1: have you now have eleven tacklers. Yeah, can, and can he kick? His, yeah, he kicked to the one and they got the tackle on the 15.
2: All right. Interesting. Like
1: it, it, like it had some height to it. So it was, it was like a the real mortar. Taysom
2: game. Hill of kickers, kind of. Yeah. He's like right. Taysom
1: Hill, except he doesn't cost $150 million and he doesn't suck.
2: The <laughs> downside is, I feel like,
0: don't you just kick it out of the end zone? Like kickoffs are such a non thing now, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Be- because of the 25 yard thing, you get a lot more mortar kicks and kicks fielded.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah,
1: get a, get a guy who can tackle.
2: Also speaking of special teams, uh, Christian Upoff did not make the team, um which is dumb. Which is dumb because he was uh, th- they don't have any standouts on special teams left on the team. The only one you can say at all is Oren Burks who's probably going to play on the yeah, field. Yeah, he's going to start. So he's not So gonna he's gonna not going to play special teams. So if you're wondering if the the Packers special teams are going to get better going into the regular season, well they're actually down a few guys who who were okay on it, including including Upoff, which is not great. Um, so that was surprising a little bit. I, I kind of get it, but uh, I'm dreading special teams, especially in in week one. I'm ex- extra dreading it. Um, well, really- there's
0: a surprise. It's not a it's not a surprise on cutdown day, but it's a surprise preseason wise that not only is Oren Burks on this team, but he was an absolute lock to make it, <laughs> and he's got two guys at his position group that are behind him on the depth chart. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a preseason because I have a feeling this time last year, if we were talking about looking ahead to the roster, we wouldn't have even considered. Oren Burks, but the guy, you know, the guy took a step forward. You got to so go that for
1: good for him. Recent, recent addition to Acme packing company, Justice Mosqueda has currently sitting in chorus, a phenomenal article about Joe Barry's
2: preseason scheme.
0: Chorus but it is was,
2: the editing software we use before we post things on the site. Ooh, by the way, CMS.
0: So this is like a serious preview thing going on here.
1: And, but he, he wouldn't post it because I guess it was too fluid or, but it, it like it <laughs> Ipso facto, he was saying that the reason Oren Brooks is good is because of the, the Joe
2: Barry defense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Joe Barry needs a certain kind of player that Mike Patton didn't, and Oren Brooks happens to be that kind of player. So there you go. I'm with me. Simple. Good for him. And I think the thing I'm happiest about, and no no shade at Equinimus St. Brown, who, you know, actually played pretty well here and there, but I'm glad to never have to write his damn name again. Um I how how bad do you want him to go to the Lions? Um, there's a good chance we will end up on the Lions I mean the Lions should have an every receiver possible along they have ambo
1: Yeah, they have ambo oh, they Ra have ambo Ra. that's right yeah yeah that's where he should like, go maybe it's he, like Voltron like the more you hook up better it gets <laughs> so where's where's the third brother the third brother he went to Stanford I don't think he's he's in the league
2: I forget I no didn't we look it up last week I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't know where he is it, his
1: name starts with an O yeah I can't remember It's weird.
0: One last thing. One last position we should talk about briefly is Kurt Bankert. Um, I I think, I don't know if anybody seriously thought that they would keep a third quarterback or, you know, think of Kurt Bankert as the number two. I guess that's the only scenario where they would have done that if they decided they simply couldn't live with Jordan love as your, as your backup in case Rogers goes down for a short term absence, but, uh, uh, I mean, there's just too many, too many guys I think out there who could fill in if you needed them, you know, Matt Flynn types, if you needed like a a short term fix. So uh, that doesn't make us a huge surprise. It wasn't a huge surprise to me, but uh, I know Banker made some fans uh, here in this preseason.
2: He did. Uh, uh, He should end up somewhere. He's better than um, a lot of backups in the league. Uh, There's a lot of travesty situations in the league right now. And, yeah, I mean uh,
1: my, my hot take was that he would get traded before being cut. Yeah. Like I I thought that a team would like him enough to be like, hey, we'll give you a conditional seventh. Gimme.
2: Yep. I, I, and I don't think he's great or anything, but he showed enough for sure as a as a difficult to scout prospect that didn't, you know, there's something there with him. You can maybe make something. Certainly better than Tim Boyle. Um played much better than Tim ever played. And a little sad to see him go because I think he's good enough that he could maybe be like an average quarterback in the right situation. So, um we'll see how that goes. If I were like San Francisco, I'd take a shot on him because Ooh, Well, you're teasing teasing some Packer fan regret here. Why did we let Kurt Bankert go? I'm okay with it. I mean, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to be super great, but I think uh, an asset and maybe it would have been worth I mean, if he cut co- lens back on the practice squad in some miracle, but you won't um you still might be able to develop into a tradable asset but uh i I think he'll wind up somewhere somewhere else
0: hey some oldest time hey uh,
2: quarterback go something we forgot to mention did you guys know that
1: matt hasselbeck is going to be in the seahawks ring of honor
2: he should be got him to a super bowl should have won it
1: (laughs) yeah that they were absolutely robbed but my I, uh, when they said that he was going to be inducting the Ring of Honor, I, I was like, "Oh, I guess Al Harris is going to come intercept and
2: run it back to Green Bay." <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Matty. That's good, uh, though. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so I, Re- really Reggie quick, Beagleton. Yeah, Reggie Beagleton. is the problem with him is he's thirty years old and can't play special teams. So um,
1: he's also jacked out of his mind. He's literally Jake from State Farm.
2: <laughs> I am. Um, I will say. I knew Ty Summers was going to make it, but I don't know what they see in Ty Summers. Um, if you're going to cut KB on Ento for not being able to tackle anybody, you got to cut Ty Summers for not being able to tackle anybody. <laughs>
1: literally, literally, when Ento was, was announced as cut, and someone's like, why? And Justice goes, well, he can't tackle. And then Paul goes, why is Ty Summers still on the team?
2: <laughs> I've never seen so many people bounce off a linebacker. Just he can't bring anybody down. And I don't i got nothing there they they kept more inside linebackers than i thought they would and i don't know why ty summers was one of them so uh surprised and disappointed about that but what are you gonna do new defense new day apparently we're heavy on inside linebackers now even if they suck and can't tackle
1: speaking of heavy montravious adams was cut today oh was he Yep. oh well, no well he's there's bad a, there's so. there's a 300 pounder out on the market Got enough of those right now. We're good. You
0: know, did I you? haven't even done a spin around the NFL to see if there were other guys. I, I know Kadar Holman was cut. He was so uh, so. Basically, the, the the Packers sort of got some free draft capital. But uh, but yeah, like I, I know Rashad Wild Goose got cut as Badger Badger's Aww. followers will know from the Bills. But uh, Desmond Trufant sure. got
2: released by the Bears, which is I don't a- know. A uh, a useful is player, he, not he, is he anyway. cooked though? Like, like I mean, he might be cooked. I I still think he has a little something in the tank, but um, I I thought he was, I thought he was still okay. So, um, I think I'll catch on somewhere.
1: Old, other old friends, Lane Taylor was cut. Oh due yeah, to a Lane fail, Taylor was cut, failed, f- failed physical failed physical.
2: Yep. Oh, poor guy. Oh, let's see here. We the, should probably mention went... that David Bakhtiari was put on the pup and is out for the first uh-huh. six weeks of the season. So Elton is your starting left tackle for at least a while here. Which...
1: Elton Elton Jenkins is going to be paid a Brinks truck full of platinum. Absolutely, because he any any position you put him on the line, he will be top ten, mm-hmm. and he would be top five interior.
2: All true. He's great. Like,
1: and so. It, it, in this day and age, who makes more—a top five guard or a top ten tackle?
2: Uh, I think it's still a top ten tackle. I think it's been converging, yeah. but I still think it's a top ten tackle. Do you?
1: Well, I know like right tackle, and left tackle have started to even out. Yeah. But um, do you think that some team is going to give him tackle money?
2: Yes, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he can play yeah. tackle, and even his versatility is even—I think more valuable than your standard tackle is. I mean, the fact that you could just pop him in anywhere is worth a ton of money. So yeah, he'll get that.
0: They're gonna have to pay him when after this off season? or or should say during this next off season. Or do we have? Is there's he, another year, right?
2: I thought we had one more year. Don't we have one more year?
0: Yeah, there should be another year. Yep.
2: Man, I just,
1: I, I don't want to
0: think about the day that we lose Elton Jenkins. Yeah, they're gonna have a hard time keeping him as it as it stands right now. But He's, uh, a lot can happen between then and now. Devontae yeah. Adams is probably gonna be playing somewhere else. I
2: I hate to say it. Probably but... so. I think the writing's on the wall for that one.
1: Yeah. Elton Jenkins' base salary for 2020 is 800,000. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem that does seem like an agreeable
0: bargain. <laughs> he's he's
1: uh or sorry, for 2021 it's 1.1 million. Oh, uh, next year next year it's 1.4. And then I think he's a he's, he's a free agent. free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent after 22. So, yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: It's just his,
0: I, I know people are very pumped about his Roll out there at tackle and and he's gonna fill in fine there but i'm still very concerned about what comes you know the dominoes and i know that's not a secret but like now you've got two rookies on the interior uh you know lucas patrick and royce newman probably are your guards and i don't know man like first first game when you've got everybody showing up on the field for the first time playing on you know the starters all out there at once for the first time makes me i i just I'm gonna be fascinated to see how it holds up. I, I I would be particularly nervous about this, even you know, even though there's not much they can do about it. David Bakhtiari's gonna you know gonna need the times. So we'll see.
1: Well, let's see. Last year they started three and zero, and then the year before that they were three and one, and there was no preseason action for the starters. And either of those two
0: years. Yeah, I'm not worried about I'm not worried about that in a vacuum. I'd be yeah. worried about offensive line play in particular. Yep. Uh, with everybody on the same page for the first time yeah, chemistry, when chemistry well, show up
2: week one. Chemistry very important for offensive line. It's one of the things that um, is sticky um, if you have line continuity from year to year. You do see improvement in line play. And they have, We
1: learned that in the replacements. The Keanu Reeves vehicle. We also, when the, from reading Football when best,
2: Outsiders, but yes, also the replacements.
1: When the best guard tandem in the league was split up, they yeah. both became bad.
2: Of course, that movie is in the same universe as Point Break. So...
1: Yes, I, I I fully agree with yeah.
2: that. <laughs> Man, Keanu's oh, I page. Since what an upset! Since we're playing the the Saints um, this week, did you guys know that Sean Payton was a scab for the Bears when he was a player? I
1: I just learned that today, and it was from you. So
2: yeah, he was a quarterback for the Bears during the '87 strike season, I believe. And uh, pick yeah, a that, jumper. Yeah, that was the scab year. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, and he was also terrible, wasn't he? He was. He, uh, he was. He is. There's a good case he's the worst quarterback in the history of the Bears. Uh, a, <laughs> a, a be, I mean, that's really saying something because, you know, it's the Bears. But a, a scab who was terrible um, is, is a good court candidate for your worst player of all time. And it looks like Sean Payton was that for them. So, yeah, totally terrible. Okay,
1: so I am going to uh, – it looks like Earl Thomas is the worst quarterback ever, and he was a wide receiver.
2: <laughs> okay. Well.
1: Uh. T- so the worst, the worst quarterback you by adjusted by...
2: yards. Okay, by Anya. I, I, uh.
1: Uh. Hang on. Now I'm looking at by Anya. By NEA. Um, So a
2: lot of those guys aren't going to qualify because
1: yeah, Rick Rick Meyer was apparently terrible. He yeah, played
2: three he, games for them. He was. And yes, he was terrible. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bear, bad, bear quarterbacks, Matt. You're going to be here all day. You got <laughs> I'm just Moses Moreno and Henry like Burris and. Um, I'm looking
1: for people with like with like actual like a s- significant amount of starts. Um let's see Bob Avellini, He played in the late 70s. Um NEA of 3.04.
2: Okay, but that's 70s. That's not as bad as Kyle
1: that. Kyle Orton 4.47. Very bad in modern times. Um and Nick Foles is only slightly better at 4.69. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Rex Grossman went to quarterback 4.73. Mike Tomzak, 4.74. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh is a middle-of-the-road quarterback for the Bears. One
2: of the best of all time.
1: <laughs> that's, that's really saying something. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of like actual quarterbacks who started for the team and did really well in terms of NEA, uh, you've got um, Brian Hoyer.
2: Yeah, he was fine. Uh, Brian,
1: Hoy- Brian Hoyer is, according to NEA, the best quarterback in Bears history. Yeah, but
2: okay, he's not though. And he played in he played in <laughs> six games. <laughs>
1: Josh McCown, uh, roughly as good as Brian Hoyer in his seven games. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> they are they're terrible. The Bears are a train wreck, man. Yeah. Well, I think they do have a good one here.
1: So I did I did just finish that uh, the league book that came out in 2018 about the start of the NFL. Yep. And uh, it turns out everyone who started the NFL was a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, um.
2: You could also
0: say everyone who's ever started any successful business was a dickhead. It's pretty (laughs) common.
1: Uh, Well, it turns out um, the guy who started Pittsburgh Rooney, Art Rooney.
0: Yeah. Good dude. Just a a good old boy. Just like,
1: like just (laughs) um, the guy who started the giants Mora. uh, He was a very successful horse gambler.
2: (laughs) Old timey (laughs) sports was a different thing. I mean, (laughs) we have the brewers and they're used car salesmen. So we know all about things like that. But,
1: uh, Hallis was just like tantamount to keeping the NFL running through the depression. Yeah, like, he did a phenomenal job keeping it going. So kept,
2: kept the Packers like, going. Give them a loan. Yep,
1: and and he in turn helped out the Packers later. But like the the fact that we wouldn't have the NFL today as we know it without Hallis. Yeah. So like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: no, if, if someone chops up this podcast and plays
2: things out why of Why are you praising Co- the Bears right now? There's no point exactly.
1: in Exactly. Yeah. But it, why are you doing a, it? What's your point? It's a, it's a sibling rivalry is what I'm getting to. There's there's a respect among rivals.
2: I don't know about that,
1: man. You don't think so? You don't think so? Not really. I, think, I mean I'm, I think the Vikings rivalry is disrespectful, but I I've Never felt disrespected with the Bears rivalry, I guess. I yeah.
0: mean, shout out to George Halas, but like yeah. that was generations ago, man. <laughs> generations ago, <laughs>
2: kind of was. You were just, Matt. You were just complaining about Windy City gr- Grid tone on coverage like uh, two hours ago. So, uh, oh, okay, yeah.
1: Well, Windy City Grid should
0: Speaking you? as someone who likes to go after the lowest common denominator for flicks. <laughs> Yes,
1: but you aren't you aren't uh, your honest, uh yes, en- I love. you're not engagement farming on Twitter by poking <laughs> uh, by poking other fans. Are you in there like adding Cardinals fans like you guys suck? Because no, when you say the gridiron is come
0: to think of it, that's not a terrible idea. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I was just this just popped into my head because you mentioned Sean Payton, the sliding door of 2006, the Packers hire Payton and not Mike McCarthy. What do you you think it looks like? What happens in the next several years?
2: That's a tough call. It's, it's, uh, Sean Payton's a good coach, a good offensive coach, anyway. Um, and I think they're probably fine. Uh, the, the, the thing they might run into is I do wonder if Sean Payton is a little bit of a stronger presence in player selection than McCarthy was. Um, And, you know, the Packers, during the Thompson and Wolf eras, um, especially the Thompson era, um, were very, very, very hardline on not spending too much. And the Saints are sort of the polar opposite over that time period. And, you know, for better and worse. But they would go out and get guys, and they would kind of ride waves of of being really good and really not good because of that. Um, But I I don't know how much Peyton drives that or if that's just the front office having a different philosophy. But I think that's one area where you might have seen the coaching staff have a little bit more pull and I don't I don't know what that effect is maybe they end up with Randy Moss yeah <laughs> I think I
1: think if if Sean Payton is truly like part of the the uh process of getting players then then the the Packers would to this day be having like a Bobby Bonilla day about Randy Moss. They would still be paying Randy Moss a million dollars a year. The reason I I think
2: that might be the case is just because the Saints seem to operate like the coaches in charge a little bit. Like they they do tend to pay out for, Hey, I need this guy go get him. And they seem to do that with some regularity.
1: What's the Parcells quote? Like I'm in the kitchen. I should pick the groceries or something
2: like that. I should buy the groceries, but yes. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I do think they'd have gotten Randy Moss for sure. <laughs> and then you could you could potentially float the idea of them winning another Super Bowl with Favre. You know, it's it's obviously like they both 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 teams have won Super Bowl championship since that decision was made. So it's not like the, the most what if question in Wisconsin sports lore, but
1: But you know who hasn't won a Super Bowl since that decision was made? Randy Moss. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is true. That is Although true. it's not really through fault of his own. Like it's not. stars had to align for that to not be the case. Honestly, but, it's uh, really
2: weird that the best Patriots team didn't win a title, and a bunch of it's not as good Patriots teams won a whole bunch of titles.
0: Yeah, including a couple that had no business winning them at all. Yep. Just the, the, the just garbage, some of them. But uh, that's the way it goes. That's the way the ball bounces it's <laughs> in uh, in the one in the single elimination format that we love and cherish. Any given Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh my god um, we have so many pages of the rundown left well oh we, well, well we'll hammer
2: through the saints and then we'll get to, to i mean if we're gonna here.
0: if we're are we gonna do this again next week we and talk more about the saints like
2: the <laughs> saints ain't going anywhere literally at this point and going anywhere
0: you know between now and the next week so uh we've got we've got some time we don't necessarily have to talk about how many interceptions Jameis is going to throw to members of the Packers secondary it's <laughs> three, three. It's definitely three.
1: If the over under is two and a half, I take the over. I'll take the. We unders- don't have
0: to talk about the number of snaps Tayson Hill takes under center to the dismay slash Eight. delight because they won't go anywhere. I'll take the under
2: six. I'll take the under on both of those. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've I've especially on Jameis. Um, so you guys may have noticed the Saints have no receivers. They uh, they they not literally because that's not true, but. Uh, Michael Thomas is out for the first six weeks of the season on the pup, and also hates the Saints. Um, he <laughs> just to get you up to speed on the feud they're having, he he waited a long time in the offseason to have ankle surgery, which the Saints were honked off about, but he also doesn't want to be there because they have no money and no good players, and is in no rush to get back, so a lot of people think he was just like, well, I'm going to use this injury time to take some time off. And so he's not playing. And I don't know if you looked at the Saints roster, but there ain't nothing else on that team offensively. To, uh, I, I should pull it up. I forgot what their second second Traquan's, No, that's not right. Yeah,
1: what? you got you got Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. Uh, Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery's oh, no. on there. Yep, as oh, a receiver.
2: No. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Lil Jordan Humphrey, whose name, whose real name is Lil Jordan Humphrey. L I L apostrophe J-O-R-D-A-N. Um, that's I don't what the, but you can call him, Matub.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't think that Jameis Callaway. They have a yeah. lot of tight ends.
2: I don't think james is going to throw that many picks because I don't think Jameis is going to throw to many receivers. I think he's going to check down to Alvin Kamara like twenty times in this game, and Adam Troutman's not bad at tight end. Uh, he'll get a few, but he's not going to take a lot of risks because there's not guys to take risks with. So I think this will be a really ineffective but cautious game from. From Jameis, and I'll, that's why I'll take the under on picks. I, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Today's the first day I ever heard of Assumption
2: College. Uh, this is the first moment I've ever heard of Assumption College.
1: Uh, Deontay Harris, their wide receiver and return specialist, all 5'6 and 170 pounds of him, went to Assumption College. Okay.
2: it's like uh, Which is
1: a uh, private Roman Catholic university in Worcester, Massachusetts. Is it next to Bishop Sycamore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the, the 30 for 30 on bishop sycamore is going to be a banger it, it's, it's going to be incredible it's going to be it will be really
2: great really something I like that their head coach got fired but nobody can figure out who's actually in charge of the school the fire him. but yeah. uh, amazing famous
1: famous assumption college alumni brian kelly
0: hmm, okay. uh <laughs> wow the giants <laughs> are just throwing the ball all over the diamond right now it's crazy um anyway back to back to jamis you you know you pointed this out on the rundown like Jameis is not as bad as we think he is he had the 30 pick season so everyone thinks that he's like a laughing stock but i mean he's still extremely skilled he's a number one pick in the draft obviously um he's he's capable of lighting it up like he also threw 30 touchdowns with 30 interceptions like he's capable of of, you know in a one game scenario you know he's not going to make that many bad decisions so so, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Well,
1: uh, it's... let's see. He averaged out to two bad decisions
2: a game. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, that's I, I actually... That's to help. I've done a lot of writing and research on Jameis Winston, um, partially because I used to think EPA had a couple of deep flaws, and I, I was in an argument with Ben Baldwin once about Jameis Winston and Aaron Rodgers back before Aaron's resurrection when Aaron was still under the McCarthy regime after Jordy Nelson when he was not having good seasons, and one of the reasons he was not having good seasons is because he was doing a lot of checking down and checking down and checking down and not throwing interceptions. And by EPA per play or whatever stat he has, he was about even with Jameis, even though Jameis was throwing, you know, his typical whatever, a billion interceptions. So I actually went and uh, I thought it was under interceptions. So I was like, OK, I'll prove it. So I went and I grabbed all of the interceptions Jameis threw and charted out exactly how many points it did cost Tampa versus the EPA model prediction. And it turned out that EPA, which, like Jameis, was actually too kind to Jameis, um, not too harsh on Jameis. Or wait, the other way around there. Too harsh on Jameis. Um, that, like, the Tampa defense actually stuck up for Jameis and got the ball back a bunch of times. That they didn't give up actually as many points as they should have. Um, and uh, so it actually was making him look worse than he was in reality. So uh, Okay, but,
1: but put that Packers defense on the other side of 30 picks – Oh, yeah. And see what the EPA adjustment is. Totally like.
2: not going to work there. That's totally true. <laughs> but uh, he, th- the fact of the matter is when he's not throwing picks, he actually produces. And you know, you can't say that for every pick machine that's out there. Like, Jay Cutler never managed to get himself back to even Steven on his interceptions that he threw. A lot of guys throw too many and don't make up for it. But Jameis actually does. Like, when he's connecting and when he's pushing the ball two receivers he actually does score touchdowns and lead nice drives and he he is uh for his career a slightly above above leave average league average quarterback by outsiders by dvoa um he's had some pretty good seasons where he's like 15 percent better than average and he's only had one truly bad season so he's not a bad guy to have um if you put talent around Jameis winston you can actually probably win something they don't have talent around him so that's going to be the problem for him. but but he's all right uh,
1: he's dan fouts yeah
2: you could do a lot worse than Jameis Winston, and a lot of teams are currently doing a lot worse than Jameis Winston. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting to see where Cam Newton ends up because some team, there's plenty of teams. Houston,
2: he's, he sucks. He should be defender? done. Sure, but he's good. I, I think he, I
1: think he ends up in Houston.
2: I mean, the only reason I think he might end up in Houston is that they're not a smart, uh, they're the stupidest franchise, and they will have a big gaping hole at quarterback they need to fill. So that checks out, but. He's he. I don't think he can throw anymore. Aside from all of the other Cam Newton problems and not getting vaccinated and yeah, doing an interview where he looks like uh, the V for Vendetta guy. Um, like that he it, that arm is. Toast, guy Fox. Know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, no, according no, 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 to... not Guy Fox, he actually looked like he actually looked like V, not Guy Fox. Oh. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, according to Patriots fans in my timeline, Cam was looking like his pre-COVID. 2020 self like because apparently his his uh production took a nose dive after he got COVID last year
2: yeah it also and... took a nose dive after he separated his shoulder and that shoulder's toast uh, cam newton was good in the past because he could run like a fullback and power the ball into the end zone he had an absolute laser cannon for an arm which allowed him to make up for for slower decisions and slower progressions which he does uh, on a regular basis and he's a giant man who could just hold off guys and not get sacked. And he's been he's been dinged up a bunch. He's had his bell rung a bunch. He's not the physical presence he was. He was bad at rushing last year. He, he the Patriots ran a whole bunch of sneaks with him, and he was worse than Tom Brady at it. And uh, I, I just yeah, think, but isn't
1: Tom Brady like one of the best QB sneakers of all time?
2: Well, yeah, but Jameis or not Jameis, that Cam Newton was one of the best like rushing quarterbacks of all time, especially power rushing like. Nobody's really done what he's done before and that gift seems to have left. I just don't think there's there's much left there. He's I think he's taken too much punishment.
0: We should okay. uh we should get to questions here unless there's anything else you want to leave on, you know, <laughs> with the with the Saints matchup because we I, got another week to talk about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, do, uh, do we have another week to talk about it? Was it canceled?
0: No, dude. Game's on September 12th. Yeah. No, oh, that's whoops. twelve days from when we're recording. Oh,
1: September twelfth is also when I will be competing in powerlifting for the first time in two nice. years.
0: You will be missing the Packers game to lift some stuff.
1: Uh The meet starts at noon, so maybe. I'm
0: gonna have to hurry. <laughs>
1: All I know Good is luck.
2: my
0: gut says maybe. <laughs> yeah,
2: let's that's do great. questions because we do you have to talk about the Saints again. Indeed. So.
0: Yeah. All right. So Patreon PJ Vessels PJ Vessels. <laughs> Uh, will long snapper or Punter be a larger frustration this season for the Packers? And do they address either in the week before the season starts? I'm assuming he sent this question before today's <laughs> big news. And it will. Uh, yes. Well, shucks. <laughs> also, since there is not NFL football this weekend, will you watch a bunch of college football or enjoy the holiday weekend without football? <laughs> Please. Who wants a holiday weekend without <laughs> football?
2: Yeah. I don't um, support so, indentured servitude. <laughs> still watching. I do. I'm going to yeah. watch college football. <laughs> still doing it. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, I love. I mean, I I like college football. I like NFL better, but I'm definitely watching college football when it's on. So, um, and excited and curious to see what Wisconsin is like this year too, because uh, not sure how that's going to go. So, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, long snapper, that's going to be the larger frustration. But they're going to get rid of that too. I think they'll be good. I actually. I think by tomorrow afternoon, the Hunter Bradley will be replaced as well and that this will Oh, interesting. This will cease to be an issue. It's a guess. I don't know anything, but I think there's going to be a couple guys out there and if they're happy with him, then I mean, goodness. So, I mean, answering <laughs> right now, long snapper will be the most frustrating thing because there's a chance that they still have him, but
1: I, I, I work with a uh, a Pittsburgh general Pittsburgh sports fan and he mentioned that Pittsburgh was shopping both their punter and their long snapper as like a package deal.
0: <laughs> That's incredible.
1: Um, and then they ended up releasing their punter anyway. So huh. Bizarre. Because they drafted a punter in the seventh this year. Yeah. Who in the preseason kicked like a 60-yard punt that landed on the one-yard
2: line. It's insane. <laughs> but like college football on Labor Day weekend is sweet, so this will be fun. I-, I, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: And I got to think there are plenty of guys out there that a lot of, lot of guys try to crack in as long snappers, yeah. sort of, you know, undrafted guys, that sometimes not even like undrafted free agents, like guys who just come in for tryouts. So there, there are an abundance of people who are at least trained in the skill of long snapping. What about any other position? And this is my question, not somebody else's, but... Do you think there will be another move in the offing that they replace somebody else? I mean, I, it doesn't seem like there's anybody that they needed to keep on the 83... Or 83. 53. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different ballgame. Uh, the 53 to protect them, you know, like to, to try to keep them from getting snapped up by somebody else. But, um, I mean, I I, I don't know. It's never really a finished product, as, as everyone knows. Yeah.
2: I, I don't think there's any other obvious ones. Um, I think they were cutting quality by the end of the day. But uh, uh, special teams... Um, if they got somebody who is the equivalent of a back end roster guy who is good at special teams, you might you might see a flip flop there, but uh, yeah. it, it'll be all marginal at this point, except for long snapper, which is a big deal.
0: Yeah, Doctor Hillbilly asks which of the various thin seeming defensive position groups he lists cornerback <laughs> and safety as the biggest. Uh, which one worries you the most this season? He votes cornerback, but they all seem a little suspect. I mean I think cornerback only because not even just the depth it's just I mean we talked about this it's they put so much trust in Kevin King. Yeah. It might not be warranted but obviously the Packers have the utmost faith in him because not only is he one of their starters one of their guys they don't have a ton of guys that they kept at cornerback. Like it's they love him.
2: It's cornerback. I'm so mad they're coming back with the same goddamn thing. It's so annoying. Uh, I know they drafted Stokes but like, Kevin King's going to start on on opening day and we already we already did this we know how it works their depth isn't great like if Stokes isn't good which you know is possible for a rookie cornerback th- then you're looking at the same problems as last year and safety uh, th- like we got the same guys too but they actually kept a whole bunch of safety depth and I don't know if any yeah. of it's any good but at least it's different <laughs> like give me give me different than Kevin King and I'll be happy um so yeah, it's it's cornerback. It, it's uh it's the area that can screw up. Um, it, there uh, I will I also put out a a, uh, a call for an edge rusher, little suspect. Yes,
1: I, I was gonna say uh, edge. Oh. Dang it. Well, yeah, you so, can explain so, why. So. <laughs> so Z Z might legit be hurt. Like his back might actually be a problem. And without Z, you've got Gary and then a hobbled Preston Smith, who in a previous Joe Barry defense played more corner than he played edge rusher um beyond that you've got uh, uh
0: who who else is on that who is i said garvin <laughs> but that's not what i meant um i'm trying exactly. to think of who the but, guys yeah. are behind him
1: exactly like that's
2: your point is that nobody knows who the guys are behind them
1: nobody yeah. knows who the guys are behind them and that's a problem i mean it rushers.
0: is garvin right jonathan garvin it's jonathan it's like garvin next... It's jonathan garvin. yeah that's right
2: yeah he's he's the yeah. backup on the z side yes that's correct
1: Yes. Yeah, so if if Z goes down for any appreciable amount of time, which it's looking more and more every day, like he might. Yeah. Uh,
2: like just yeah. rush Kenny Clark. Chaun- I know he can do it. Chauncey Rivers made this team as an outside linebacker. He has a 1.3 raz or something like that. Um, and was described.
1: Wasn't that as a wasn't that as a DE though? Um.
2: Like his his raz was. A,
1: but then again, what was funny is he was even tiny for a. He was tiny for a linebacker. He and was
2: for a DE. Yes. It's not great. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's not a it's it's so, not a good look. Yeah, I'm, Zedarius, I'm more worried about edge. Yeah a
2: lot of edge is in Zedarius' health and uh that might not go so well. So uh pass rush could be a problem here too. Hmm. Yep. <laughs>
1: worried about the defense. Very worried about the defense. Yeah. You know who I'm not worried about is our thousand tight ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we didn't keep capucci though.
2: Will Aaron yeah, we got throw fits
1: We got Daphne.
2: Yes, and, I'm fine with yeah, it. They kept the tight ends. They should. They did a nice job there.
1: Yeah. So once once Stern comes back, he's just booted, right? I think so.
2: Like, yeah. Like, I,
0: Oh, we, your suspension's over. There were Especially some. Especially because it's only two weeks. Like not a, I thought I mean, it was six. No, it's just two. No, it's two. It's only two. And okay. Yeah. So not a lot will have changed on this roster. Obviously, there'll be some injuries and stuff, but it won't be like a six week. You know, six weeks from now is a completely different world. So. I I just don't know if they're gonna, They're not gonna make room for
2: him. He got the. Coach. He's
0: also like, he also kind of sucked, he right? Sucked. Like he was. Okay <laughs> he was bad. So he was real bad.
2: Season. He got the he coach was... call out. Like he made what? It was like two weeks ago at a preseason game when he made like one good play and was was it Barry or Lafleur that got asked about it? And it Le was Lafleur. It was Lafleur, and, and it was like that. It wasn't good it was enough. Like, it wasn't good enough. It, and it, that's like the your cut guy. Like
1: answer. also his. His, Stern's one good play in preseason is he ran a go route from the slot against Tampa 2. Yep. Which is like, you're going to be open. He was wide
2: open.
1: <laughs> like, like, and it was Banker. Banker passed it to mm-hmm. him over the linebackers and under the safeties. It's exactly who's going to be open playing against Cover Two. Like, yeah. anyone could have caught that. I could have caught that. Like, I probably wouldn't have been there in time, but I could have caught it. Anyway,
2: Stern is toast as soon as. As soon as he can be toast.
0: Let's go to Twitter questions. KL Willis. (laughs) Big friend of show. Have the Rams traded the picks? The Packers sent them yet. (laughs) Yes. They have
2: have acquired another Patriots running back. I'm sure by now. Don't know who, but uh, (laughs) they're due. That sounds about it. This is a reminder to everyone that Sony Michael was drafted before Lamar Jackson. Yes, he was one pick. Although Mac Jones beat out Cam Newton, so maybe maybe they don't care. Maybe they're okay.
0: Yeah, Sony Michelle has a cooler name, but that's about all he's got going for him. Head to head with Lamar.
2: This, this is America. This isn't
1: France. It's Not it's Sony Sonny Sonny Michelle.
0: Sonny Michel. <laughs> okay. So my parents live in Versailles, Kentucky, which is extremely offensive to me as somebody who learned a lot of French oh, growing man. up. But but then you know I've I've often thought this, but it's like but we all think of it as Paris, and it's not pronounced Paris. So I feel Ay. like. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like I'm
2: holding a double standard. It's weird that we do it in Wisconsin too. At- like Fond du Lac. We say Fond. Yeah. Du Lac. Oh is, yeah.
1: It's, full. it's actually, there's you guys have never read American gods by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. I've like read. the whole, the whole Midwest taking names from other places and then pronouncing them wrong. It's like a big part. It of the is. Book. It is downstate <laughs> Illinois. <has laughs> really? a bunch
2: of, by the way, there's a uh, first season episode of law and order where the, the guy who did it uh, is a lawyer from Wisconsin and he, he's clearly never been in Wisconsin, and he's up on the stand, and the, the Ben Stone's asking him for his credentials, and he's like, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin, blah, blah, blah. I spent three years practicing in Fond du Lac. And, and... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which was hilarious. <laughs> you know, uh, and
0: Fond du Lac is a fairly close approximation of Fond du Lac. But yeah. um, Butamore, Lake Butamore, up like, near Fond du Lac. Yep. I may, That's pretty good. Like that's pretty solid French pronunciation. Well, when you see pers- the word. I mean, yes, it's butemort,
2: it is, But that's you're doing a nice it's job really there. Really close. If you Americanize that one, you get some problems, though.
0: Well, that yes, you're right. You're right. Nobody calls it, but people could say butte de mort. <laughs> eh, maybe not. There's a lot of lot of consonants going on okay, there.
2: Okay, I, I used to live off
1: of a street called Cache la Poudre. Did
0: not. Why Why
1: else would I know those <laughs> phrases?
0: that's crazy uh all right uh sorry for that bizarre tangent i don't i don't hey did you
1: know that there's both an eau claire wisconsin and an eau claire michigan
0: yes yes i actually did know that why do we call we call it eau claire that's that's really good and in
1: michigan we call it Eau claire
0: you do not
2: (laughs) yeah they do. everything is wrong oh man (laughs) michigan is michigan's the worst state with this um i had to when i was living there i would get directions all the time and people would tell me the town name i was supposed to go to and I would mm-hmm. just have it phonetically in my head, you know, correct American, and it would turn out to be some French nonsense all the damn time. I, I all right. hate it's that It's usually
1: place. native, you know. like like Michigami or uh, <laughs> there's a there's a city. Michiana,
0: Michiana. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, maybe later we could talk about chamar Jean-Charles. chamar Jean-Charles. Which is fantastic. Yes. That word, how we actually pronounced it. Uh, anyway, James, James L another friend of the show. Do you think Rogers gave Goody a fantasy football, like can't cut list before roster cut down day? I, I don't think so. Cause I think Kafusi would be on this team.
1: Yeah. yeah he, he was would. just giving him props. And then yep.
0: <laughs> yep. yep. The new Jake Kumaro.
2: We know for sure that that is not the case because it happened. Hopefully Aaron's maybe, not too mad.
0: Maybe that was the guy. They're like, look, we'll give you this and this and this, but we're, we're going to take away Kafusi from you. We just want to, we just want you to know that we're still in charge.
2: Maybe. But maybe they actually I called I bet they gave him a little Maybe side. they gave him notice. Maybe all he really wanted was notice, right? Like maybe they called him the day uh-huh. before. And like, hey, your buddy's getting cut because he sucks. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, just, I I, I, I'm a big fan of of finding out this whole like the Jordan Love pick was an accident, basically. And so like Aaron's like, They didn't tell me they're gonna draft Jordan Love. And Goot's like, I didn't know I was gonna draft Jordan Love until ten minutes before.
0: <laughs> you know, I wonder I was thinking about this the other day and we haven't talked a lot about Jordan Love because there'll be plenty of time to talk about him some other time. Mm, indeed. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they had known, because the the draft at that point, the, the the pandemic is only a couple months old. If they had known that the pandemic was going to last 18 months or more, whatever, you know, whatever point we consider it technically over, if they would have taken a quarterback, because I just, I watched him in that last preseason game. And all I'm thinking is, I, I wish I, you know, without 2020 in the equation, it's just still so hard to evaluate yep. him. I mean, he, he's not a starting NFL quarterback and and he might be, but like if we'd only had the true 2020 offseason where he gets to play in preseason games and he gets the full run of like workouts and stuff, you know, would he be? I feel like he could be, you know, like I think, that's what's so I think maddening right now, about this?
1: I think right now Jordan Love looks better than Aaron Rodgers did in 2006. Mm.
0: I, I don't it, know. It's it's not, yeah. Okay. It's that's that's at least debatable or, uh, you know, Defensible. That's true. That's yeah, defensible. It's fine. But again, he then has, you know, he has a lot more time than Jordan Love will theoretically have. Well, I guess I don't know. 20, 2006. So he's he starts quarterback in two thousand eight. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is about the same amount of time. I don't know.
2: I just wish he would have shown me a little more. I didn't see anything to get excited about. Even some of his like well praised throws were not always the best ideas. And yeah, he dropped yeah. A, he dropped him in the bucket a couple of times, but those are the throws that get him picked off too. So but he was uh, he was
1: running for his life that whole game.
2: He was, yeah. and he, it, well, you we don't know anything. Like the, the Packers didn't play any good players. I, I just <laughs> I, I just want to see something to get me excited. Well, his
1: his number one receiver and and Bagleton got cut, so like yeah, like that was his target. That was his was. Jordy he Nelson. Went,
2: he went deep to Bagleton all the time down the seam, at least once a game, <laughs> and then Malik showed up, and that was good, but.
0: Bigleton, I have a feeling he'll still be on the practice squad, so he'll still be hanging out. He's,
1: he's going to be on the practice squad until he gets his ARP card.
0: <laughs> that might be.
2: Let's just make that him might. a coach and just have him be on the practice squad as a coach. <laughs> like You can stand out there and run around. It's fine.
0: Player well, coach, practice squad, player coach. That's great.
2: All hey, right, speaking J-
1: of player coaches, South, the University of South Carolina uh, got a guy from NDSU to be a coach, and he's going to suit up as their starting quarterback. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No way!
1: <laughs> I am dead
0: serious. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, let's let's it's, get weird.
1: You remember, like Brett Favre used to run up and down the sideline and talk to the coaches and go, "Hey, you got any eligibility left?"
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh like J.R. Smith playing golf.
2: Like, uh, uh, oh shoot! Like, uh, never mind. I lost my reference. In, in the <laughs> in the crappy movie where Scott Bakula is the quarterback, they they get a professor oh, on his. Yeah. Necessary roughness? And necessary, yeah, necessary roughness? Necessary roughness. They, they grab a professor uh, with a year of eligibility left who is a stand up comedian yeah. whose name is evading me right now. Sinbad. Uh, Sinbad. Sinbad. Yeah, yep. that's
0: a Bishop Sycamore situation right there. Yep. Necessary roughness. Absolutely. Kathy Ireland is kicker. Yeah, that's uh, Bishop Sycamore. It saw the future. Jonathan Deal asks PFF isn't the perfect grading system but they usually get it right for offensive linemen nyman newman and runyon were all rated high this preseason yet love and Bankert struggled with miscommunications pass protection and free rushers what gives so this requires maybe a little bit of insight into how pff does its grading paul
2: so it's weird we actually had a discussion on apc slack today about pff grading and how it does work and a lot of guys have experience with it there um I have I have a friend who might be listening to this who I've talked to about PFF grading. And I think the main thing to get across on it is it's very granular. It, it is looking at various parts of blocking technique on every play, breaking them down into very small increments, and grading how they do on those small increments. So it, it's not necessarily outcome-based. It's not like it doesn't matter if you blow a block. It certainly does matter if you blow a block. I think they even track blown blocks. But uh, it, it really is a measure of technique more than anything else. And it's possible to have a bunch of good technique on there and then the play that you notice is the one that goes very wrong. And I, I think that's fundamentally what you get here is, you know you notice when they screw up big time. It's easy. It's on the screen for you. But you don't notice all the little stuff that they do well when the pocket is holding up. So that's, being the, that's the kind to PFF interpretation. And mm-hmm. uh, that... Uh, that that's probably the real answer. But they did have a lot of screw ups. I mean, Jordan Love was back there not well protected a lot of the time. And I think a lot of the Packer offensive linemen who did play in the preseason were, were overgraded a little bit. I I actually thought I thought um Braden would make it specifically for that reason. I thought he was actually a kind of a standout and a lot of everybody else had some struggle moments that he really didn't. So um I, I'm I'm not sure if that's the best way to do it but that's how they do it. And They try and take context out of it and context sometimes involves getting your quarterback killed. <laughs> All right. There was there were multiple times where uh Jake oh, Hansen god, was at was... fault on a lot of those too. Like specific, yeah. specifically and, also, him. um
1: Patrick Taylor had a couple like god damn it Donald moments. He did. That's also true. Where he he whiffed on on free rushers. Like bad. Yeah. So he's he was wasn't he like the first cut today?
0: No, it was I, Denmark. Denmark was the first one. Yep. Oh, okay. that was announced anyway. I mean, who knows what order they actually went in, or if that matters?
1: But yeah in, in terms of announcements, I remember Dexter Williams went before Taylor, but still like
0: yeah God, yeah,
1: Patrick Taylor, his pass pro was very bad.
0: <laughs> Jeffrey asks how much of a factor is vaccination status of bubble players going to play a role? And then making the roster, both Green Bay and the wider NFL, for
2: less set rosters. Oh, I mean, it is
1: it is a massive deal. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I, you guys, I, I think this is, what, is a
2: pretty easy one. You guys see what Urban uh, got everybody in trouble doing today? No. no. Basically stating that it's a big deal, and uh, oh. it was it, yeah. And so now the NFLPA is like looking into it as a potential grievance. This is all Florio, so grain of salt, everybody. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Urban is not good with the words. So um, he made made explicit what was supposed to be not explicit. Yeah, it's it's a big, big deal. It really is.
1: If you think about it in terms of the Patriots, because that's a situation that everyone is very familiar with. Let's say Mac Jones gets a breakthrough case because we know that, that Mac is vaccinated. If he gets a breakthrough case, then Cam is a close proximity and then treated as such because of his lack of vaccination status. That means both Patriots quarterbacks are out for two weeks, even though one of them might be completely healthy.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, it's a totally different world for unvaccinated. Uh, but I mean, th- this this calculus is, is common sense here. Are you a star player making gajillions of dollars? You're the bur- you know you're not going to get cut because of your vaccination situation. Are you a fringe player, or are you somebody that you know might be in a cutdown situation? Yeah, of course, you're you're it's going to be factored in. Like they don't—they don't—they're not going to mess around with that. Yeah. They got 20 other guys who can do what you do exactly. So, and, yeah.
2: and it's not just like you're going to miss a game; it, like you infect everybody around you. Right. You might—you are a
0: risk to others on your team.
2: You could not literally good. cost your team an entire game if they have to forfeit, which is on the table yeah. this year for teams that get infected.
1: Well, it's like it's like getting fired in an at-will state. They don't have to give you a reason, but like everyone knows the reason. Yeah.
2: I find it
0: hard to believe that there are too many fringe guys who didn't get vaccinated because I mean you've got to be. <laughs> I mean, if your dream is to play in the NFL, you've got to be just like rock solid on that particular hill to die on. Yeah. Because pun not pun intended. Uh, if you want to stand up, because you have to know that you know it's like. It's like a lot of things where it's not officially part of the rubric, but, you know, it kind of is part of the rubric. Yeah,
2: totally. Anyway, don't be dumb. Get vaccinated. Don't be Kirk Cousins. That Honestly, <laughs> that should be a vaccination <laughs> campaign is just a picture <laughs> of Kirk Cousins that says, I'm not vaccinated on it, and just hang that up everywhere, and that'll help people get vaccinated.
1: Speaking of Kirk Cousins, Everson Griffin was cut today.
2: Was he really? Oh, I missed that. Yep. Yep. They cut the wrong yeah. guy.
1: So Everson Griffin very famously in January of this year said, quote, Kirk Cousins' is ass and then
2: was signed to be a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> and is no longer a Viking. And is no longer a Viking. But is no, no and, and importantly still the, correct.
1: You can't make the Vikings legend joke because he actually is a Vikings <laughs> he legend. Yes, he absolutely is a Vikings legend.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Mark Putzgarby says, if you shouldn't draft a the punter, is then trading for a punter any better? Yes. Hmm.
1: Because... They traded a sixth for a punter and a seventh. <laughs> yes, it's also so you, better you got, because,
2: uh, like, uh, we know that this punter has punted for three years, so we have good, good knowledge battle. on him, and we got him for a sixth. So, and plus a seventh yeah. coming back. So, yeah, it's much better. It's way better. Absolutely, tons better. Yeah, that's this-
1: the uh, what, what the Family Guy joke about the mystery box versus the boat, <laughs> like. Like, like the mystery box could be anything, even a boot. Like, <laughs> yes. So, like a, a sixth round pick could become a good punter, or you could just trade it for a good punter.
0: Has there been any work done on kickers, punters getting drafted versus randos? Like, is there a higher incidence of true success with those guys? Anecdotally, I, I remember the misfires, you know, the Brett Conways of the world, but that's. That's because i they're mean, easy to remember. Backers, Sebastian Janikowski was very good. As I don't know if you yeah. say first round good, but he was very good. So, well,
1: Janikowski, I thought that was a cap thing. Like because of the way the CBA worked, they couldn't afford to draft anyone but a kicker.
0: There was oh, like I don't some, remember. Could the, be, the, could be. the
1: Raiders were in cap hell, and the way the C, the CBA was, like if they drafted a kicker, it was going to save them a ton of money versus like an edge rusher or whatever. So they drafted.
2: Janikowski. So, okay. yeah, there are a lot of good kickers that were drafted highly, and I, I think it's a hard position for a lot of teams to scout for some reason. It seems easy to me. I don't understand why people are bad at this, <laughs> but uh, th- you do get some high end talent when you draft high, but there's some teams that are truly terrible at this. And I think the main thing is if you're one of those teams, it doesn't matter where you get your your kicker. You should just sign kickers until you find a good one and then keep him. Like the bears are obviously very bad at this uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, they had Robbie gold and he was good and they should have kept him forever And they they moved on, and then they were unable to find somebody. So um, it's it's really, if you know what to scout for, which is mostly big leg, honestly, it it can be maybe not worth it, but you can get good guys in the draft. But uh, if you're doing some nuanced um, crap, then don't bother.
1: Another important thing that I learned in the book uh, A Few Seconds of Panic by Stefan Fatsis is time to kick is a very important metric. Time between snap and foot-touching ball.
2: Oh, absolutely it is.
1: And if it's too fast, um, you will not arrive at the right life. time.
2: You will pull it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, big leg, consistent time to kick. And then I guess accuracy over 40 yards.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and it- the, the Packers very famously drafted a kicker high. That worked pretty well.
0: Yeah. You're talking about Brett Conway, right?
1: I'm talking about Chester Markle. Oh, <laughs>
0: we're going way back machine. He was, he was a
1: second round pick, wasn't he? I have, no I have no idea.
2: idea. He was you do I run the risk. He was a, yeah, if you do it to pick a kicker high, you do run the risk of the Roberto Aguayo pick that the Buccaneers uh-huh. made, where they traded up for a kicker who wasn't any good, mostly because he couldn't yeah, kick
1: uh, far. Chester Marquol, round two, pick thirty-four. So top of the second.
0: I'm gonna I'm um, gonna play the 1972 as a whole different ballgame yeah. card.
1: And also, I highly recommend Chester's book, Alive
2: and Kicking. Everyone <laughs> should read it. What? Uh, I read (laughs) I know you you read a lot you read a lot of sports books I didn't know that Chester Markle had a book entirely Uh,
1: Chester Markle uh, didn't speak English when he moved to the US he was a good soccer player decided to start kicking got a got a a scholarship became drafted um, became addicted to cocaine okay and then tried to kill himself by drinking I believe it was battery acid wow yeah
0: bold choice and his book
1: is awesome. Like,
0: read it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Made one of the most famous plays in Packers history, yeah. and uh, and had a very nice career.
1: And he had a big old bump of coke right before it.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, I imagine that's covered in the book. That's uh, <laughs> it is. It's pretty canonical stuff, right there. That's like yeah. uh, on par with, uh, is it Doc Doc Ellis who threw the yeah. no hitter on LSD? Yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, it was it was a cocktail of battery acid, rat poison, and vodka.
0: Ooh.
1: As hardcore,
2: <laughs> yeah, that that is that.
0: What makes you think vodka is the thing to mix with those two things? I don't. He was Polish, yeah, right? it's, <laughs> Well, it's but that's
2: just a vehicle for other flavors. Like if you're, what what's the point of the vodka? It's not going to make it more toxic, and it's not going to make it taste better.
0: It's probably just waters it down so you can swallow that. Oh, oh never mind. Can we stop talking about this? Yeah. Uh, uh, David, last question. Any updates on Felipe Franks? The the Falcons guys are hoarding future Packers quarterbacks because they've
2: got... <laughs> they are, you're right. <laughs> they've got Josh Rosen
0: and Felipe Franks yep. on the 53-man roster.
2: And uh, Felipe Franks did not have a good preseason, but he did make the team. They kept three quarterbacks, and um, he, he was, of course... They see a, what you see, Paul. He's a statistical favorite of mine. He, the one thing he did very well in the preseason was move. Um, he uh, he was very mobile. He had a bunch of big, impressive rushing plays. and He's a really good athlete for being a giant man, so... Um, I, you know, it's it's his first season. He's kind of an unheralded guy, so it's not that surprising he wasn't that great of a passer. It's not like the Falcons are a barn burner of an offensive juggernaut either, skill position wise. Uh, and he wasn't playing with the first team; he was playing with the down, you know, the lower guys. So th- there's something there, and he'll be around. Um, so he made the team, and we'll see what happens later. Uh, and this is a good as good a time as any to mention that, of course, uh, podcast favorite Tyler Huntley won the backup job in Baltimore. Uh, beating out Trace McSorley, which is, is a good thing because he sucks, um, and went to a bad school. And uh, I'm, By the uh, way, I
1: got multiple positive comments about my how I remembered what school he went
2: to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They play Wisconsin on
0: Saturday. <laughs> they do. back to that college football.
2: Yep. But uh, Tyler Huntley, of course, was undrafted, didn't go to the Senior Bowl, and uh, didn't get invited to the Combine, even though he was clearly one of the best college quarterbacks in the land and uh, randomly worked his way into a playoff game last year when all the Baltimore quarterbacks got hurt, played pretty well, and is now climbing the ladder there and is secretly better than Lamar Jackson, but we'll save that one for later. Holy buckets. (laughs) Spicy! Spicy! Too hot! (laughs) So in in other super
1: awesome backup quarterback news, P.J. Walker made his roster. XFL phenom P.J. Walker. Oh,
2: yeah. I forgot about P.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. Well-regarded quarterback.
1: Yeah, it was it was a good day for backup quarterbacks not named Trace McSorley. Mm-hmm. All
2: That's right. All we got guys. That's, That's all questions. done. We're
0: good. Yep. All right. Well, all, it was
1: less than an hour and a half.
0: Oh wow, we're really restraining
2: ourselves. Yeah, kicking it this time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Alive so. and kicking. Um before we get out of here, any plugs, JR?
0: Um, let me think here. I, I'll be I'll be in Madison for the li- live blog for, at jsonline.com. We're going to kick those off again this year. We're going to do Big Ten home games, including this Penn State opener. Uh, I know you prefer I refer to Penn State by a more uh, derisive name, but uh, but that is the <laughs> official title of the team that's coming to Wisconsin for the Big Ten opener. That's going to be on Saturday, so I'll be out there. Jeff Patrikas will be there covering the, covering the team like he always does, and uh, lots to see at jsonline.com. Lots of preview content up this week. Uh, as well and you know still doing still doing the brewers thing doing I'll, I'll be working on some stuff about the packers the packers roster here and the packers probably in the next a week or so here as they ramp up toward this new Orleans game, we don't know where it's going to be played, you know, yep. like everyone assumed it was going to be AT&T stadium. And it sounded like that was just such an ideal fit. And the people at the stadium are like, nah, we got to set up for the Los Bukis concert three days later. So uh,
1: also, uh can we talk about how this is their first concert in 25 years? And this tour that they're going on is only four concerts.
0: I mean, that's huge. If you know what Los Bukis are. So congrats so to I, that honestly, demographic. The NFL
1: the NFL should just go in and say no. Los bookies, you can go perform in San Antonio or perform in fuck off a stand for all I care.
0: <laughs> well, they do have an AT&T center in San Antonio. Maybe that's what they what they do. Um yeah, I I don't know a lot about the logistics of concert planning. I've seen Stages get thrown out after a Brewer game in in a very short period of time. They're obviously nowhere near the stages, yeah. the size of what's going to be in that stadium. But like three days sure seems like plenty of time. I don't know. What do I have know? you ever, nothing about have, this stuff?
1: Do you ever see the time lapse of Arizona
2: converting? Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah,
0: it takes it's a snap, right? Yeah. Like It's like uh, it's like an hour.
2: Amazing. To convert from. I mean, there's football a whole too. process for this stuff, so you know.
0: Yeah. Right, and I'm it's sure at has has it down. Like, but here's the not thing: a- they're
1: not they're not setting up for Guar. There's not going to be a giant man-eating worm. They're not setting up for Metallica. There's no Pyro. Who cares? It's a bunch of dudes with guitars, like, bleh.
0: dude, I, first of all, I, there very well could be pyro. We do not yeah, know no what's idea. going on. This is a big deal for Los bookies fans. So like there probably will be pyro. Maybe there's people suspended from the ceiling. We don't know. Still feel like he could set it up in three days, but you know, like we're the we judge. So yeah. this game could be played anywhere in the United States at this point. Yep.
2: Nobody uh, no, knows. Actually.
1: So the assumption is that it has to be an NFL stadium. That's yes. the word going yes. around. Yes. yes. Why?
0: Well, because it's an NFL size crowd in theory,
1: right? But but why couldn't why couldn't they play at LSU? Why couldn't they play in an Ohio State? Sure. Why couldn't they play like?
0: And in many cases, those those venues have greater capacity than what you see at an NFL stadium. In fact, not in many cases. In most cases, but I don't know if they want. I mean, I I don't know what kind of crowd they're going to draw. Like the further away they get from New Orleans. Like, who's going to go to this game? There's not going to be anybody there. It's already – we're already in an environment where venues are not selling out. Like, not too many people pay too close attention to this, but, like, baseball – stadiums even for major high profile matchups are not selling out—not not close and we're having i don't think the badger games is sell out yet you've got all kinds of offers for like six dollar tickets and stuff like already we're not going to see capacity crowds for nfl games and now you move it I don't well know. if
1: if you're worried about capacity do you know who has an away game week one the bears soldier oh. field will be vacant and it is i believe the smallest stadium in the nfl it is
0: Maybe they need though two weeks to set up for that Notre Dame Wisconsin game. I don't no, know. they need <laughs> they <laughs> need two <laughs> weeks to
1: they need two weeks to try and grow more
0: grass.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's always a concern. Yes. just the worst. All right. Anyway, that's all I have. Yeah, that's fine. Me, Matt plugs anything. Um,
1: starting September thirteenth, I will be changing careers once again. I change careers as much as Paul changes houses. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so uh, I might have some some spotty coverage. Uh throughout the season and i preemptively apologize for that no but i will plug everyone please continue to buy butter buy lots of butter
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right
0: i don't that's not really a something it's like a little like toilet paper i feel like most people Mm -hmm. they're gonna get butter right much the same volume they always do maybe upgrade to some
2: artisanal butter oh artisanal butter it is delicious.
0: now you lost me. I'm, ge- I'm getting the run-of-the-mill generic brand butter, baby. That's all yeah.
2: I need. All righty. Um, so l- we'll wrap up there by butter. Um, <laughs> 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 um, I'll, I'll have a piece up at Acme Packing Company pretty soon on MVS and uh, what we can expect in terms of regression from last year. All of the packet receivers of note, except Adams, have had some weird outliers, including MVS, who led the league in yards per reception. And um, very, very, very strangely, uh, did not have a reception under five yards um, the entire season last year. He had shot off. with up. one exception, he had a one-yard touchdown catch. That was it. Uh, otherwise, every reception he made went for over five yards. So um, wow. that's going to have a big impact on the, Oh the, Oh okay, so not, not air yards. No, just yard yards.
1: Okay, because I was like, I swear to God he did a jet sweep.
2: He did jet like sweeps and he, he, would, he actually caught some screen passes. He he just he always gained over five yards with them. They were quite wow. effective, yeah. Um, but uh, you know th- this will have an impact on his yards per catch next year because he wasn't dragged down by any shorties like Devante is, and um, it it'll be interesting to see what his uh, raw totals at the end look like. So I projected them all, um, and uh, on Alan Lazard too, who, who is still continually the best Packer receiver by DVOA by by a country mile, kind of no matter what his volume is. So also what we can expect there if he actually plays a little bit more than we're used to seeing him play. So um, check that out, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week to preview the Saints a little bit more and their salary cap, ineptness, and all that good stuff, and uh, figure out where the Packers are actually going to play this game. But in, until then, uh, have a good week. Enjoy college football. we